0: Well, we're certainly glad that you have taken the time out to join us on this beautiful evening. Uh, The rain uh, and cold notwithstanding, we still live in a great place with wonderful weather. And we do wish you all a very Merry Christmas. There was a period of time in the life of our Savior Jesus when He went on a rather busy, (coughs) busy season among the hills and valleys of northern Israel. And uh, there in the land of Gennesaret, which is in Galilee, uh, by the towns of Tyre and Zidon on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus had met with uh, the religious leaders and had scolded them intensely for their hypocrisy. Then he left and went to another place and he cast a demon out of a Gentile girl. From there, he went to another place and restored a man who was deaf and could not hear. After that, he fed a multitude of 4,000 with uh, just a few loaves of bread and a few small fish. Then he boarded a ship and sailed to Dalmanutha. In Dalmanutha, he met with another group of religious leaders and he scolded and accused them of hypocrisy and mistreatment of the common people. From there, he went to the town of Bethsaida and healed a blind man. And they left Bethsaida, he and his twelve disciples, and they were making their way to uh, Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, Jesus stopped and he asked them a question. And hear the word of God. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they replied and said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he asked them, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This is the Word of the Lord. You know, everybody has an opinion about Jesus. I think you'd be hard-pressed to go almost anywhere in the world where people have not heard His name and know something about Jesus Christ. And everyone has an opinion about Jesus. Maybe he was just a man. Maybe he was just a legend like King Arthur or any other legend. Uh, maybe he was just a great prophet, uh, a sage, uh, someone like, uh, uh, like Gandhi or someone like uh, Buddha or someone like uh, uh, Muhammad. But Jesus didn't really allow for that in his own life, in his own word he didn't allow for people to just decide for themselves who he was and what he was and what he was doing. might have been nice if he had, if he had just said, you know, decide for yourself. And if you're good, if you're a good person, if you're sincere about what you believe, and if you really follow the the law and try to be a good person, and your good deeds can outweigh your bad deeds, and, you know, at the end we put you on a scale and kind of weigh you up, see how you're doing... Uh, that that might have been really good. In fact, I think many people would be comfortable with that idea. I just I just want to stand before God someday and and just see how I measure up, see how I'm doing. But wow, how do you read this Bible and come to that conclusion when he goes from place to place and he's scolding the religious leaders who thought you could do that, who thought you could actually produce enough good works and good merit? to somehow get weighed in a scale and be found doing well. But everywhere he goes, he scolds those people for their hypocrisy. And he says to them, you draw near to me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Because we all know something is wrong inside. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you there is. And I think every human being at some point knows in the quiet time, when, when things are just quiet, and there's no phones ringing, and no internet buzzing at you, and whatever else, I mean, I, my iPhone is talking to me 24-7, and I sometimes need to just get away from that sound, but when I do, and I'm alone with myself, I know there is something missing, something wrong, and everyone wonders that, or at least they, they should, so was he just a legend? A King Arthur figure? A wise man? A prophet? A mystic? Or maybe he didn't exist at all? I don't know. You're going to have to decide that for yourself. But I'm going to tell you the Scripture affirms that Jesus Christ is none, nothing less than God's very Son. Come in the flesh. He Himself being God, co-equal with God, in a bond of love and eternal love called the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, something that no human being will ever completely comprehend because only God is, in theology we call it, a He's a say-it. He has a seity, He has His own self-knowledge. But no one else. All we can do is approach, get close, and like a child, put our arms around Him and hold on, but we'll never be able to encompass Him all the way. He's so great and so grand. And Jesus is that One. The Apostle John told us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was prostonfeon. In Greek it means the Word was face-to-face, process-face, face-to-face with God. He was the exact image of God. He was the reflection of God, the icon of God, the perfect representation, the exact image of God. In fact, in His being, He displayed every to every degree the very glory of God itself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, or prostanteon, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, the darkness could not overcome it. See the question Jesus asked his disciples is either insignificant, or it's the most important question that you as a human being will ever have to answer. Now I'm a little hesitant to share this with you, but I'm gonna go ahead and take a chance because I'm getting old and I feel like I gotta tell my tell you the truth in my story. I answered that question one night pretty much four sheets to the wind intoxicated with a pistol on my bed because I was going to kill myself. I was sick of living. My life was trashed out. I was in the gutter. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And there it was there in front of me. Attract from Campus Crusade of all things, right? The four spiritual laws. Any of you old enough to remember those? And in the back was a prayer to receive Jesus Christ and make Him Lord of your life. I don't know why I chose that instead of the death of my physical body and whatever else comes after that. And from that day until today, through all the ups and downs of life, and I can tell you, I have always been faithful. I'm, I mean, I'm a pastor now, and so I'm above reproach. I am a professional holy person. But, <laughs> you yeah, know, I hope you laugh at that. But I have to tell you, we go up and down. We go sideways. Our life sometimes is in the dumps, and our, our life sometimes is doing great. Sometimes you're really on a roll, and you're doing all right. But he says to us, Who do you say that I am? And when we say to him, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, at that moment, he says something back to us. It happens at our baptism most of the time. That's why we baptize our babies. He says to us, You're mine. I'm going to mark you forever. I'm going to take you forever. And whether you go to the far country and live with the pigs, or whether you just camp out and make your home in church, no matter where you go, no matter how far you may roam from me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, even to the end of the age. Now for some of you that may not mean much. You've been faithful all your lives and you feel like you're doing pretty good. But for many, that's got to be good news for you. That although we've been faithless in our lives and at times utterly unbelieving, if you've answered that question, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, you're mine. And He says, you're mine back. Our bond, our, our lives may be fail our grip may let go I I despise bumper sticker theology when you get to the end of your rope what tie a knot and hang on that's terrible news that's bad news because your grip will fail but what if the good news was this when you get to the end of your rope never fear I have bound you up with cords of love. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Because I'm not going to judge you according to you. I'm going to judge you according to Him. And the whole story of the Bible is encapsulated in one moment on a trash dump outside the city of Jerusalem when Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and for me and died in our place. Die to death, we should die ourselves. Having lived the perfect life that we should be living and can't, He lived that perfect life and then He said, because they're Mine, I will go there and I will die for them. And I will go and I will put the the stake in the heart of the vampire death and I will put death to death by My own death. I will crush death. And so the Apostle Paul sings a hymn from the Old Testament, O oh death, where is your victory? O oh grave, where is your victory? Where he mocks death because Jesus destroyed death by his own death. Every Christmas around the world, no matter where you live, everybody thinks about this. They're all wondering, who's Jesus? I mean, what's all that going on over there in in that part of the world? Who is He? And tonight, you all are here, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. If you're a Christian, and if you've been a Christian all your life, you need to answer that question once again. And if you're not a Christian, if maybe somebody dragged you here, you know, there's probably skid marks out in the parking lot for some of you, you know, get in here. Um... If you've never answered that question, I hope that you will before we enter 2020. I hope you'll wonder and ask the question, who is He? If He's who He says He is, it's the most significant question you will ever answer. It's the question between life and death. And if He's not, it doesn't matter. You're going to die and go into the grave and rot. How does that sound? Isn't that an encouraging thought? But if who He is who He said He is, and I believe, he, I believe there's enough evidence to convince the world, in fact we almost have convinced the world, if He is who He says He is, then answer Him. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I'll give everything to you. I'll hold nothing back. I'll even give you my sins because I don't know what to do with those. I'll give you it all to you. And when you do that, your life will change. Ta- the trajectory of your life will change. It may take you a lifetime. On your deathbed, you may still be wondering, why, why are things like this? I don't know. That's okay. He will be faithful, even when you're not. Best news you'll ever hear, my friends. And I hope tonight, in the quiet of your lives, as we, as we celebrate this amazing time of joy and gladness, uh, that you will indeed answer that question for yourselves and let Jesus Christ come in and make a difference for you and your family and your children and your children's children to a thousand generations. That's His promise. I hope you'll consider doing that.